0: Welcome to The Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Michael is a speaker and author of two best-selling books and the president of three financial companies.
1: Everything that we've created, the different companies, the different divisions, has all kind of been born out of a need. You know, it's not necessarily saying, hey, uh, let's go do this. It's, It's more so saying, you know, where is the need that we see and where are some places that we can fill that need and add value? And then we've kind of created solutions around it. He's also been a guest on several national media outlets
0: like CNBC. Fox Business, and Bloomberg. His passion is to help you live well in retirement. He is also a dedicated husband and father and a big supporter of several local and national charities. Now, it's time for the Wealth and Health Radio Show
1: with your host, Michael Wall. Welcome into the Wealth and Health Show. It's a brand new week. We got Randy Cook. He's cooking things up in the studio as he is each and every week. And I tell you, we're in a place where this week we're gonna share on today's show A lot of information you are not going to want to miss. One of the things I'm going to share initially, as we have been doing, is in this initial segment, I'm going to share some thoughts and insight on how to uh, make small changes in your life that will create huge results. This is very, very important. Whether you're a business owner, whether you're uh, trying to get in in shape, better shape, whether you want to be a better father, better mother, whether you just want to be a better person, Small changes repeated, making big, massive results. I'm going to talk to you about what that looks like because we all, hopefully, should want to be in a place where we're living a better life. And I know, Randy, one of the things we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show as well that you're not going to want to miss is we're having Charles Bender on. Charles is the CEO of Place of Hope, just a stellar, quality guy. He's in a situation where he's been in Place of Hope for almost 20 years And it's amazing uh, what has happened with that organization under his direction. Very humble guy uh, and just just on point in all that they do. They do a great, great job of helping uh, underprivileged and hurt and distressed kids in the area. We're going to also talk about the importance of not selling in a market downturn. Listen, ding, 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 ding. The market is going to turn over. The market is going to go down. What should you do to prepare in advance before that. We're going to talk about that a little bit later as well as some tax reform and the importance of making sure this tax reform happens. But Randy, I just want to uh, uh, dial you in here. I know you had a good weekend before we jump into the motivation. You were out there and uh, I know you set a world record on your bouncy house this week and you jumped uh, 35 feet in the air. Isn't that correct? You have, uh, what do you got, cameras or something that that you're watching my weekend?
0: Is that what it is now? I can't do anything without you seeing me.
1: Well, I love the fact that you got the one with the big water slide and, and you know, you've got all the hoses on and it's like slow-mo, like you're trying to catch a Gatorade on the way down because you're trying to get some sponsorship. I'm just kidding. No, no, Randy did not bounce in the bounce house. He had a crazy weekend and it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, but it, it, is, it is about small things that make a difference, like coming down smoothly on that slide so you can get the membership, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do not discount the fun of the bouncy house. It, it
1: goes for all ages. I'm just going to say that. Listen, I have four little kids, so that's why obviously I went there. But hey, as you're listening to this and we go through different things, this show, any point in time you want to reach out to us, leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com, 888-511-9255, 888-511-9255 is the way you can connect with us. You want a second opinion on your wealth, private wealth review. If you qualify, go to the website, find that out. You want to ask a question that's discussed in the show or you want some additional uh, motivation or insight or things like that in general in life, uh, just reach out to us there. But I want to take a moment here as we kind of get to show rocking and talk about the importance of small uh, changes repeated or small steps repeated. And, you know, oftentimes as you look at your life, Sometimes we can go through that process. It's almost like the the hamster on the wheel, right? We're in the cage, Randy and, and you're you're doing your thing and you're just going and going and going and going and going and you're not really seeing any change. Have you, have, you, have you ever seen that in your life, Randy?
0: Oh, uh, you're just spinning wheels, man. You, you can't seem to get
1: wherever you want to go. I know the feeling. And it's like okay, what do we do now? Well one of the things that I've found, and this is so crucial. so if you're taking notes, You may say, I don't typically take notes when I listen to a show. I'm going to encourage you to grab something, even on your phone, whatever it may be, how you're listening to this show, get your notepad out, make some notes here, and if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down, (laughs) okay? So here's the thing. What what I'm going to challenge you to think about is small uh, changes, small steps repeated, and here's how I'm going to kind of position it for you. If you're in a situation where you've ever driven a car, right? You're driving your car down the road, whether you're going down... I-95, or or you're on Interstate 70 up north, or you're on uh, A-1, wherever you are, right? Whatever whatever road you're driving, okay? You're driving down that road, and let's say you're going 65, 70 miles an hour, because you're being a good citizen, you're following the speed limit. You're not doing the old as Sammy Hagar, when we interviewed him, uh, I can't drive 55, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you're doing the speed limit, and you're doing your thing. So you're on your path, and you're going to your destination. Now, let me ask you a question. How does it work for you and your car when you're driving down the road and you go ahead and you jerk the wheel uh, real hard to the right? Ooh, How's that work out as far as driving straight down the road? Not so good. Not real well, right? And why is that? Because it's not the way you drive a car. How you drive a car is by small incremental turns. So if you can imagine, put your hand out in front of you like you've got your hand on the steering wheel. and what are you doing there? You're making a little bit to the right, a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, a little bit to the left as the, as the road moves and as the car navigates its way down the road as you're, as you're steering it. So what we know is those small incremental consistent changes on the steering wheel are what allows us to stay on course and why is this so important because you know there's so often people have an idea where you're in a situation where you sit down you get all motivated you listen to a show like this or you listen to something online or you read a book or you hear somebody say something and you're in a situation where you say you know what okay I'm tired of being where I am today we've talked before about the fact that you are where you are now in life because a series of choices and steps and decisions that you've made. So you're in a situation where you say, oh, I'm tired of being where I am now. I want to get to where I want to go. I want to get to where I believe I'm called to be. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There is a specific purpose and calling on your life. You know there's something greater. You want to get there. How do I do that? Well, let me tell you. If you make drastic changes in your life, That often is not something that will be sustainable. And think about it from the perspective of weight loss. What typically happens to people that all of a sudden lose a ton of weight in a short period of time? Gain it all back. They gain it back. Why? Because they have not built the muscle of consistency in their life. How about people that win the lottery? They go out there and they win a million, two million, three million, twenty million, a hundred million dollars, whatever it may be. Do you realize that most lottery winners are in a place that they end up going bankrupt several years later? The reason is is they have never created the muscle of consistency to understand how to utilize. That wealth, and when you look at your life in general it 's about small things repeated don 't go into that apple and try and you know swallow the whole thing at one time. one bite of the apple at a time, and you'll get that thing down so the, so my challenge to you as you're listening to this segment is to say, listen if you want to change something in your life, if you want to get healthier, if you want to get wiser with your finances, if you want to make better investment decisions, if you want to make sure you can protect against the market turning over. If you want to protect yourself in general, you want to be a better husband, a better wife, all these things, small incremental changes. What does that look like? How does it palably pan out? Here's what it looks like. Look at your life now and apply one thing. So let's say it's your finances. Let's say you're in a situation where you have your wealth and you're not happy with what's going on right now. You have an advisor, you have a manager, you have a, you have a wealth team, but you're worried about markets. You're worried about what's going to go on when the markets turn over. You're worried about what you're hearing each and every day on, the, on, on, on CNBC, whatever. But you're not doing anything to change anything. Take a small step. Maybe that's as simple as picking up the phone and making a phone call and getting a second set of eyes on what you're doing. Maybe, you're, maybe, you, want to lose, maybe you want to lose weight. Maybe that's something as simple as saying, you know what, okay, I'm not just going to go and, and fast for a month or go on all si- salads for a month, but I'm just going to cut out the soda. I'm going to start with that. Or maybe instead of having 14 Starbucks mocha frappuccinos, grande style, please, (laughs) instead of having 14 of those a day, maybe cut it back to two or five. Or 10, and then work your way back. Obviously, Randy, people are not probably having 14 fraps a day. Listen, if you're- That's a way to go bankrupt. (laughs) Hey, Little Red flag. if if you're having 14 fraps a day, I'm going to tell you right now, you're probably dead. Okay, that's number one. Number two, if you are having a couple- But these are all things where you look at small changes. Oh, Realistically, maybe you're only having three. Cut it back to two, then cut it back to one. The point is, is make small steps. Okay, maybe you haven't done a good job of writing goals down, setting goals for your life. Do it small. Say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take 30 minutes a week, and what does that look like? That looks like 10 minutes a day. Maybe you're in a situation where you haven't consistently put, put positive information into your mind. Well, I'm going to challenge you to consistently tune into this show each and every week to get something that you can apply to your life, that can encourage you, that can give you the ability to be a better person, live on point, live with purpose, and add value to other people. And by the way, if you're listening to this on the radio, I know a lot of folks are in a situation now where they are subscribing, utilizing technology uh, through their phones and iPads, computers, whatever it may be. So I'm going to challenge you to go to leanonthewall.com, click on Radio Media, and there are ways, if you're an iTunes user or an Apple user, you can subscribe to the show. If, there, if you are an Android user, Samsung, whatever it may be, you can subscribe to the show there as well, listen as well. And I'm going to challenge you to subscribe and tune in each and every week. And then share your comments. If, if, if something applied to you, if it connected, let us know. Reach out to us. We want to know we're adding value. We want to know how we can add value. And Randy, as we talked about adding value um, I want to just share this. This is kind of funny, a little little story. We talked about the car, you know, and there was this this lady. She was uh, a little bit older in years, and she was uh, driving this luxury, big luxury car. And she's in this big parking lot in the process of trying to pull into this parking spot. All of a sudden, this small sports car out of nowhere just zips right in and goes into that spot. Mm. And this guy gets out of the car. And he says, he goes to the lady, her window was down, and he says, you know, when you're young and in shape, you can do things like this, like zip right into this spot, because you're paying attention and your senses are keen. And the lady thought, you know, that was a little bit rude. So the guy walks away, and he's walking over to go to the gym, and all of a sudden, he hears this big, loud, bang, bang, bang. And he's like, what in the world is going on? And he runs back to his car, and he sees this lady backed up, put it in reverse, and she backed right into his car. And then she pulled forward and she backed up and smashed it one more time. And he goes up to the window and is like, lady, what in the world are you doing? And she says, she, gets, she, she shuts the car off, opens the door, gets out of the car. And she says, now, son, that's the beauty of being old and rich. You could do whatever you want to do. (laughs) 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 So I thought that was pretty funny. (laughs) But it's the idea of uh, knowing where you are in life. Right, Randy?
0: (laughs) I love it. That's a a woman who knows her place in life. That's great.
1: She is not backing down, baby. Uh -uh. That's what I love about that. Uh -uh. And, you know, speaking about going down, downturn, things going down, everybody's worried. Is the market going to turn over? Is it going to crash worse than it was in 08? You're hearing a lot of that conversation. As you're listening to this, uh, I'm going to throw out a big alert here. You do not want to catch yourself worriedly. I don't even know if that's a word, but worriedly selling in the market downturn. Big, big red flag. We're going to talk next segment about what should you do to protect yourself before that market turns over and what not to do if the market does crash with us and we will be back right after this. I'm Carolyn Ryan, a financial correspondent. And I'm Michael Wall, a financial author, advisor, and radio show host. You know, Michael's one of the area's leading financial advisors, and every Sunday morning I get to interview him about things like Social Security, the stock market, and how to plan for retirement. You'll walk away with financial news and retirement tips you can apply to your own life. Watch the Sunday Morning Money Report every Sunday right before the CBS Sunday Morning News at 8.58. See you then.
0: Welcome back to the Wealth and Health Show with your host, Michael Wall. Michael has appeared on several national media outlets like Fox Business, Bloomberg, and CNBC. And now, back to the show. Hey, you got me thinking about Sammy Hager there when you mentioned him and... uh... I can't drive 55, so I thought we'd bring a little of that into today's show. Welcome back to the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Find us online at leanonthewall.com. Now, Michael, when people listen to the radio, many times they will hear financial shows. And one of the things that is the consistent thing that you will hear in so many of these shows is, oh, it's going to be 2008 again. You've got to protect yourself. And you have had the message that, okay, there is some truth to that, but you got to see and look at the real facts. And I heard this this week. This is Rick Newman. He's from Yahoo Finance. And he said, yeah, okay. Yeah, there was a 2008 That is a given, but that's maybe not what's going to happen next time. Take a listen. Nobody thinks we're going to get the kind of market wipeout that we had in 2008. That was sort of a once every 50 years, uh, maybe once every 75 or 100 years event. But there's no doubt we will see a downturn in the market. And the time to be preparing for something like that is now when times are pretty good. You don't want to have to be selling into a downturn. That's how you really lose money. So, Michael, it's not panic. It's prepare. That would be the
1: word to use, right? Yeah, I think that's a great way to say it, you know, prepare in advance, right? It's the idea of, um, and that's one of the reasons that we'll, from time to time, have the opportunity as people come in and we do a preparedness uh, wealth, private wealth review, you know, to see what's going on. See, check out what's going on. You know, think about it from the perspective of medicine, okay? And I say this because people can relate to this well. Well, we've kind of gone from a culture of reactive medicine, where, you know, when you're sick or something happens, you're in a place where you, you, you know, really have an issue. You go to the doctor, you need surgery, things occur. Well, you, Now we're reacting to the things that have already occurred. Well, a lot of the medical places today, insurance companies are encouraging, you know, the much more healthy lifestyle, healthy living. And so now we're going really more towards the idea of prepared in advance and preventative medicine, right? Being in a situation where we're kind of preparing for, hey, listen, if you have a history of high blood pressure... Let's not keep eating nachos and the cheese that comes out of the push button thing that you go when you get in the ballpark and, and drinking, um, you know, 14 lattes and, and three beers a day. I mean, let's let's be a little preventative and say, listen, uh, wait a minute. You got blood pressure issues. Let's pay attention to that. Probably eating out at fast food four times a week is not a good idea for you. That's probably not a good idea for anybody. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's preventative. It's the idea of let's prevent, prepare, and advance. Same way with finances. Does anyone know, as you're listening to this, here's a question that I have for you. Does anyone, including myself, does anyone know how far or when the markets are going to turn over or drop? Answer that in your own mind. And the answer is no. No one has the answer to that. Okay, but here's what we do know. What we do know is there's a lot of data, there's a lot of research, and there's a lot of things, uh, Randy, that cause us to say... I really do believe we are in the top of the ninth or the bottom of the ninth inning when it comes to a bull market. That means we are close to the doorstep of a market turnover. When and how much, I don't know. But I do believe it's going to happen at some point because the market just cannot keep going up forever. That's number one. Number two, and this is the unfortunate part, and Randy, you mentioned this. A lot of people, a lot of people in the industry in particular, you know, they're salesmen. They're selling insurance products. They're selling annuities. They're selling uh, stocks and bonds. They're selling uh, alternatives. They're selling, they're selling investments. What they're doing is, it's like turning it on your TV, okay? And going back to the medical field for a minute, it's like turning it on your TV and watching a commercial, okay, for this medication that this company comes out and, and shares and says, hey, this is the perfect thing that you need if you struggle with X, Y, or Z. Go ask your doctor about X, Y, or Z. They are selling you on why you should take that medication. And at the end of the day, you may not even need that medication. But they've done a really good job of selling you on the idea of, you know, maybe I should ask about that. The financial field, Randy, and this is why so many people, so many consumers, so many investors have been so turned off, myself included, to the financial world is because all you hear is people selling stuff. Call for this perfect investment. It's going to be the best thing in the world. Call for this particular investment. You know, you buy an annuity, buy a stock, buy a bond, buy, a altern- buy all these different things. And it's like, wait a minute. First, let's first evaluate the need. And, and folks, if you listen to this show, you'll know we never, ever, for the most part, we may share a product from time to time, but we always preface it with the fact that this may not be right for you because I don't know your story, and we're boutique anyways. So we only, we're only we only working with a certain level of family and certain amount of families each and every year, but what we do do when we sit down is we have a conversation and say, okay, what are your current needs? What are you trying to do? And so my caution is as people hear all this conversation About markets gonna turn over, market's gonna turn over, market's gonna turn over. Don't get blind to it. Don't just, you know, put the earmuffs on and say, okay, yeah, I've heard this so much. It's like crying wolf, Randy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean what happens to the kid that cried wolf all the time? Nobody listened anymore. Nobody listened anymore. And then all of a sudden the wolf came, what'd they do?
0: Uh, They didn't do anything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nobody came. It's like, wait a minute, he's there. What I need help. Yeah. So it's the same way with the financial. Here's what I'm gonna tell here's gonna encourage you though. Don't tune out to that because you hear it all the time uh, because there's some people that are using it just as a sales tactic. I'm going to encourage you to pay attention. I do believe based on all the metrics, based on consumer spending, based on uh, you know when you take a look at other metrics, housing and all these other things that are going on across the country, uh, employment, a lot of other things that we look at where I do believe there are uh, front riders that are showing that we are in a place and a time Uh, as well as technical analysis and other indices where we are going to see a market turnover and we need to prepare in advance for that. So I talked uh, last segment, Randy, about the idea of what not to do. Well, Well, let me share this with you. If you're in a place where you're managing your own portfolio or you're working with a manager that's helping you and you're worried about the market turning over, the time to protect and prepare is not while the market's going down. And the reason is... Because how do you know when it's hit the bottom? That's the first question. The answer is you don't. The second thought is the idea of now you're selling based on fear. We never, ever want to make financial decisions, health decisions, life decisions, any decisions based on fear. Fear often, I remember Zig used to always say, is false evidence appearing real. But we do want to make decisions based on preparedness, right? You've worked hard for what you have. You've worked hard. You've built a business. You've sold your company. You've inherited wealth. You, whatever you've done to achieve what you have, it's taken time. You work hard for it. Well, now it's about stewardship. It's not, it's not about making decisions based on fear. It's about stewardship. So now we want to be the best steward of what we've been given. And that's why the idea is, okay, you know what? I, I am hearing this a lot that the markets are going to turn over. I'm not comfortable with where I am currently. Maybe I should get in a situation where I get a second set of eyes on what I'm doing. reevaluate what I'm doing in general and say, okay, is there a way to improve what I'm doing to protect us? God forbid the market does turn over. Because Randy, you know, who knows how big or how long it'll be.
0: Well, if you look at those trends, a lot of times, you know, it, it goes up and up and up. And then in about a, a year and a half, it goes all the way down and then back up again. So, I mean, we can look
1: at trends, but trends can only teach us so much, can't they? Well, that's exactly right. And, and, and you know, here's, here's the question of the day. When you look at the markets, is there, um, is there a question or a guarantee that the markets are going to come back? Mm. And the answer is no. There is no guarantee. Right. Now, they always have. But does that mean they always will? We live in a different economy today. We live in a different world today. We have more debt globally today than we've ever had in history. When you have country owing country money, and these are big debts. This isn't just a little bit here, a little bit there. This is big time debts. Now we're in a situation where it's a big problem. Have you ever gone to usdebtclock.org? US I've been there, yes. It's, it's yeah. just insane. I mean, that, that number is going up exponentially every single second. It, it, it is crazy and if you've never been there you're listening to the show here I'm going to challenge you to go to US debt clock spelled out just as it sounds usdebtclock.org, org, and you'll see I'm looking at it um, you know as we speak here the national debts around 19 trillion dollars okay and it goes up consistently you watch how fast it goes up I mean it is unbelievable it's, all, it's going up almost a hundred thousand dollars in several seconds. And total U.S. debt, this is an interesting number, total U.S. debt right now, um, Randy, is, what is that? I mean, it's a number It's so bad, $67 trillion (laughs) interest per citizen, total debt per citizen. But here's an interesting fact, did you know that the total debt per citizen, because who pays off the debt? We do, you and I do. By the way, this is why it's so important to have tax planning in your portfolio. That's one of the things when we sit down. It's not only protecting wealth, growing it reasonably, bringing alternative structures in, being off the map, and and having a very, very well-diversified yet focused plan is important. But being in a situation where uh, we're, we're looking at tax structure, because did you know that the total debt per citizen, if we paid off the national debt right now, and the government came to us and said, guys, um, everybody that we borrowed money from, the Federal Reserve, China, all these other countries, they want their money back. Per citizen right now, every citizen would have to write a check, technically, for $207,000. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll you... think about that for a minute. <laughs> Total debt per family is $813,000. Mm. That's a problem. This is a big problem. Mortgage debt, $14 trillion. Personal debt is up 126%. Personal debt in the country is up 126%. $18 trillion in personal debt right now in this country. Total unfunded liabilities, this is an important number, is almost $107 trillion. You know what an unfunded, unfunded liability is? That's an obligation that the government is saying that they're going to pay that they don't have the money for. So we're $107 trillion worth of liability and we don't have the money to fund it. This is serious, folks. And that is why you must take a look at what's going on, not only with your portfolio and protecting and growing it, but adding tax planning and getting a plan that works long-term because you're going to be the one and I'm going to be the one that's going to pay off this debt. The government does not create any money in and of themselves. They do not, but they do create debt. And it just so happens that you're the one that's going to have to pay it off. So if you're not comfortable with your plan, you're worried about markets, listen, do yourself a favor. Give us a ring, 888-511-WALL, 888-511-9255. Talk to our team or leanonthewall.com. Peruse and check us out there and get that private wealth review. Sit down and have a conversation. See what that looks like. And uh, get a better peace of mind for your financial future. Next uh, segment, we got Charles Bender, the CEO of Place of Hope, coming on. You're not going to want to miss it. So hang around. We'll be back right after this. Hey, folks. It's Michael Wall here. Just wanted to share a quick thought on how you can make a huge impact on someone else's life. As an active member of Christ's Fellowship, I've had the opportunity to interact with a variety of top-notch charities. And it can be challenging sometimes to know where to get involved, either with your time, financially, or both, and then to be sure that your gifts and donations are really making a change. So I wanted to share with you an organization that has recently been ranked number one by Charity Navigator and is dramatically improving the lives of young people, Place of Hope. Place of Hope has been doing just what its name says, giving hope to young people since the mid-90s. I want to encourage you to visit placeofhope.com, again that's placeofhope.com, to learn more and to see how you can help the cause of improving our nation one child at a time.
0: Thanks for joining us on the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Now, let's get back to the show. And welcome back to the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Find us online at leanonthewall.com. And... As you listen to the show, you've probably heard Michael mention Place of Hope, a great organization that does some great things, and we have the CEO in today, Charles Bender is with us, and Michael, we'll let you introduce Charles and what he does, and we're interested to find out what's, what's the latest at Place of Hope.
1: Yeah, Charles is uh, just a great guy. He's taken the uh, baton, really, from Pastor Tom. Uh, back in the day, they founded Place of Hope, and uh, he kind of said, hey, Charles, go, go make this thing work. <laughs> <laughs> and Charles took the baton and, and Place of Hope is where they are today r- Ranked uh, number one as far as an organization uh, By a variety of places that look at charities And uh, Charles, thanks so much for joining us today And
2: sharing the story of Place of Hope Michael, thanks for having us here today We really appreciate it
1: Absolutely And, and I know that um, you know when you look at Place of Hope There's so many charities out there, right? And there's a lot of charities Obviously you guys are, are really involved
2: In taking care of kids that need help in a lot of ways right we are statewide throughout florida basically the neediest kids that uh that are out there that need our care so when you
1: think about this what what would you say would be one or two differentiators when people look at a charity say hey you know this this organization helps out kids or this one with place of hope specifically i mean obviously one of the things that i've been struck by is how well run you guys do what you do and how uh how how limited, we'll say, the fat is. In other words, how much money actually that comes in goes out to the actual kids. And by the way, as you're listening to this, that's really, really important. You know, when you give to an organization, one of the first questions you have to ask is not just, hey, I was at this dinner party and uh, they served some great wine and everything was good, so I decided to give some money. But what you got to ask is, where is the money that you're giving going and how does it work and end up connecting with the, the person you're trying to help? And I think that's one of the things that you guys have continued to try and do. I know you're always growing. So from that perspective, um, what has been the overall um, evolution of Place of Hope? Because now I know it's, 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 you know it's not just Place of Hope, but there's a variety
2: of other aspects to it. Well, I think to answer your question directly, I think you said it. Uh, you, we, you have to... Charities need to be run like business. Mm-hmm. And some people think, oh, that's not possible. Then you're going to lose the, the, you know, the, your, your background on what, you know, why you started doing what you're doing and lose the sort of social work feel, which isn't true at all. Mm-hmm. You can't run anything successfully if you don't have solid business principles behind it. So we do that. We've always done that. And that's never stopped us from uh, you know, caring at the level that we cared when we started. Um, you know, the, other, the other thing is I think what makes Place of Hope special is uh, the organic family model, we're a faith-based provider. We serve all kids of every background. Uh, welcome them all in. But the way we operate our programs for the kids is from an organic family model, traditional family model, and that just means we're not warehousing kids in foster care. We're taking right. care of them in a family environment, as, as you know, to the best uh, possible way that we can. Uh, we partner with the state of Florida, but you know, we take these kids in as if they're our own for a period of time. And we treat them like they're our own as long as we have them. And every day matters in their lives. And I've and, been to the homes. Yeah. They're beautiful. Yeah. And that's part of it. You know, they deserve that. You know, they they need to be taught how to take care of it as a family member. Right. But at the same time, they don't. These so many kids in American foster care are basically are warehoused. It's a, it's a time of, of like a, almost like a holding tank, if mm-hmm. you will. So so much of the time, and that's that's not the way to do it. So
1: when you say family model, somebody's listening to this. It's their very first time they've ever heard a place of hope because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people out here that they have no clue who Place of Hope is, and you say family model, okay, you and I know what that means, but what does that mean in simple terms?
2: Yeah, so, you know, a lot of American foster care, especially when you get to higher levels of therapeutic care that um, above the level of, you know, traditional foster care, which is people like you and I taking a license, taking kids into our own home, which is a great model to do that, and we do quite a bit of that. Uh, We're the largest provider of that in the six-county region down here. But, but the you know family model really, a lot of people think a place, hope they think of our campus models, which you've been to. Mm-hmm. That's the next level up therapeutically for these kids. When they don't make it in a traditional foster care model for the most part, or they're separated from their siblings and, and the court is trying to get them back all together, they'll come into one of our campus models. And in that model, we have full-time house parents that are, a couple that takes care of these kids, gets a little relief time. We have a consistent relief provider coming in. And so it emulates healthy family to the greatest extent possible while they're in the state's system. They're just in our care. And so we do things that families do. We have mm-hmm. chore time. We have after-school activities. We, we go places on weekends. We take family vacations in summer. Right now mm-hmm. on our Paxson campus in Palm Beach Gardens, the entire campus for the most part is empty. Wow. Uh, all the homes and all the families are out on various family vacations paid for by our donors, but it's a, it's, a, it's a core part of our PL at Place of Hope. We're going to do it no matter what. Yeah. Because it's core to what we're trying to show the kids about what life in a family can look like and should look like. Right.
1: Right. And, and you know, so, so often today, Randy, we hear about the idea of how family life has changed. Families in general have changed. And the ability with Place of Hope to give them, uh, you know, these kids. They're coming out of rough, rough situations. Uh, families that actually, you know, the way it should be, so to speak, a father and a mother that love and care, and they sit down, and they have conversations, and they can deal with things. You know, as you live life, we all deal with things, right? We all deal with things, learning as we grow and things like that, and giving those kids the opportunity, I think, is a great way to model in front of them uh, how they should be a father or how they should be a mother someday. What do you, what do we see? Talk to me a little bit, Charles, about the need. I mean, obviously, it's everywhere. It's all the time, unfortunately. But um, what does that look like? And is it growing? Is it reducing?
2: Is it uh, what do you see there? It's interesting in Palm Beach County, basically right now for the kids that are in what you call protective uh, investigations, they may not have been removed from their home yet, but there's a good chance they might be. Kids are only removed and put in foster care for imminent danger. So it has to be very, very bad at Mm. home. There's a lot of things you and I would look at and think, whoa, why are those kids still in that home? It looks dangerous or not appropriate to me. But the, the, uh, the, the, the level of uh, where you has to be to actually remove a kid is, is quite high. Wow. That being the case, you have about 2,000 kids just in Palm Beach County alone mm. that are in protective investigations. Probably about 1,200 of those have actually had to be removed and placed in some alternative environment at any given time. It ebbs and flows. Some kids leave the system. They go home. Uh, the state's goal is always uh, uh, some sort of either re- you know finality reunification and or adoption. Don't stay in the system forever. Some kids do end up in the system for a long time, which is why we've built our programs the way we have mm-hmm. because every day matters. But what if you're a kid in foster care for multiple years? Mm-hmm. You really need to have experienced what families do. But you're talking about with under protective investigations in Palm Beach County. You're talking probably it's just like emptying out four average size elementary schools. Wow. Think about that. Every wow. kid in four elementary schools that you can think of in Palm Beach County, it all of a sudden empties out. Kids had to go live somewhere else. Wow. That's a lot of kids.
1: That's a lot of kids. Yeah, and you know, folks, again, we're talking to Charles Bender. He is the CEO of Place of Hope. Uh, For more information about them, you can go to placeofhope.com. We're going to come back and talk about some of the new things that Place of Hope has going on, what they're doing, and there is a lot more than just uh, underprivileged kids. You know, this whole sex trafficking thing has become a huge, huge problem. They have taken uh, a step in a huge direction to kind of uh, rid that to the best of their ability as well. So we're going to talk about that in addition when we come back. So hang tight. We'll be back right after this. Worried about losing money in another market crash? Ever wonder if your investments are in the right place? I'm Michael Wall, president of three financial companies, radio show host, and TV commentator. There's a lot of fog in the financial industry, and I want the average investor to be able to break through that fog. That's why I wrote the book, Retire Once, Retire Well. It reveals secrets that Wall Street doesn't want you to know and gives you insider tips to help you maximize your wealth. Go to retirewellbook.com to get your copy right now.
0: Thanks for joining us on The Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Now, let's get back to the show.
1: Welcome back in, folks, to The Wealth and Health Show. And again, I'm your host, Michael Wall. I'm joined live in studio today with the one, the only, Mr. Charles Bender. He is uh, the CEO of Place of Hope. And I'll tell you, just a quality guy, solid through and through. I've gotten a chance to really get to know Charles uh, a little bit more over the years. And one of the things that I can say that I've been impressed by with Charles, and I say this because you're sitting in front of me to make you feel good, Charles. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but really, one of the things that I've been impressed with by Charles over the years is just one word comes to mind, and that is consistency. You know, you're you're in a situation where um, there's continual rough times and problems. You know, I live in a world where obviously managing wealth and tax planning and things for clients, you, you, you kind of deal with people on the other side. You know, they're, they're, they're living in their wealth, they're figuring out whether or not they should buy their Bentley or a Ferrari or, you know, go take this vacation. That's the world they live in, right? The world you live in a day in and day out is connecting with those people so they can get the vision, right, of why it's important to not just focus on what's your next car, but how you can add value. Uh, But then your day-to-day and kind of looking at these kids and seeing the problems, but then seeing some of the result. And that's what probably keeps you ticking and going as you move along. And by the way, folks, I want to share one thought with you as we dive a little deeper into uh, Place of Hope and what they're about. If if you're a first-time listener and you're tuning in and you have never heard of Place of Hope before – uh, really, one of the one of the best uh, organizations to take care of uh, children, distressed kids, uh, victims that have been trafficked, uh, you know, human trafficking, all kind of different things. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But I'm going to challenge you to go to placeofhope.com and get, just get a better awareness or understanding of what they're doing. Now, if you if you missed the first part of this interview, uh, the first part of the show, and you want to go back and catch that, go to leanonthewall.com. You know, you, later in the day, or maybe it's early, depending on when you're listening to this, you're getting tired, you got to lean on the wall. So leanonthewall.com, you'll be able to click on radio media and listen to the beginning parts of this interview. But Charles, one of the things that I want to challenge people as they're listening to this, and in particular as you're listening, I want you to think about it this way as you live your life. What is your overriding goal? Why do you have what you have? Why do you do what you do? And what kind of legacy are you going to leave beyond you? I remember what Dennis Waitley said often. He said, you know, my goal in life is to plant shade trees under which I will never sit. Think about that. Plant shade trees under which I will never sit. And the reason I wanted to have Charles on the show is because they are doing just that. They're planting the shade trees, but they can't do it all on their own. And I think I wanted to kind of debunk one of the big misconceptions with Place of Hope. I know it was a misconception that I had. We've been involved with Christ Fellowship, and Todd and Tom are great friends uh, for some years, several years now. And I really, Charles, thought, you know, you guys were really getting heavily funded by CF, Christ Fellowship. And although there is partnership there, the funding to the degree that I think a lot of people think is not there. And that's why I wanted to have you on because the need is ever growing. The need is there to raise capital and raise funds, uh, in particular for organizations like Place of Hope that are doing the job. They're not just talking about it. You guys are doing it. So talk to me a little bit and talk to um, the listeners out there about, you know, all the different realms that Place of Hope has. I know one of the things that I think of is Treasures of Hope, and we'll talk about that maybe last, and you guys are proactively trying to figure out ways to, you know, capitalize things, but all the different things from Hope Hope House,
2: all these things. Share that with listeners, if you would. Well, years back, the Florida legislature and the governor said that in order for this to be done right, to take care of the, the community's greatest needs, it needs to, needs to almost operate kind of like the model of how you see roads being built throughout Florida. You know the government doesn't build roads, nor would they be good at it if they tried to. They sub that out to people that are good at building roads. Mm. And so they said through community-based care that they needed to find the greatest non, uh, nonprofit charities or get them started or whatever in each community to take care of the state's kids. And so they still have a role, but they lean on us. And part of what they say is the community should step up and help pay the bill for it, so mm. to speak. And so it's actually a great model because government really shouldn't be in the lives of these kids too much because they'll mess that up in my mind. Um, but back to you know the Christ Fellowship, I can tell you that we would have never gotten off the ground mm, if it mm-hmm. wasn't for Christ Fellowship, you know, mm-hmm. saying, this is our vision. This is what we want to do. God put it on the heart of Tom and Donna, mm-hmm. especially Donna. And then it became this thing that we started to explore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and the idea was, you know, with the partnering with the government and, and and taking their kids into our care, and, and that would grow over time, um, that we would become financially independent. So it was always planned that mm-hmm. way. Well, you're it. right. There's a lot of people that, that don't realize um, that the need is there, yeah. Um, because they've they've just kind of looked at the genesis of things and thought, oh wow, so that's how that's structured. Um, mm. When the reality is, you know, I, I remember the years back when Pastor Tom <laughs> said to me, he said, "Son, let's get this thing financially independent because church's got a lot of other things it wants to do. Yeah, will always be there for us, uh, and in a lot of ways, still are." volunteers and others Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah it's our it's our goal and our um, part of what we need to make happen is to get financially independent and to your point about what we're doing there's a lot more going on these days than uh, was even in the original vision plan. I mean, we've stayed true to the vision, Mm -hmm. um, but as you get into this side of work, it's amazing how you see these additional needs pop up literally on a, it seems like a weekly basis. And so we've grown into an organization that's probably much larger than we originally thought we would be. um, Thank God for that. And because the need is there and that need does continue to grow in different ways. Uh, like trafficking, as you mentioned. So, um, you know, we have just continued to build upon what we do and do well. Uh, and then we've started other programs like traditional foster care out in the community, which is you and I and others taking kids into their own homes. We train and find, train and, and uh, keep you strong in that role of taking care of these kids in your own home. We license you through Place of Hope. We act as that sort of that bridge between the government. And- what is that process, by the way? So somebody's listening to this and
1: they're saying, yeah. you know what, I, I've always felt like that would be something maybe that I could do, foster kids. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the space. Um, our kids are grown or they're older or whatever. How long is that process for somebody to just kind of put it down in a tangible um, you know,
2: mental. Yeah, story. it takes what a little bit of time. Like? I think. I think the best thing to do is to get on our website, placeup.com, and look at when the next orientation is. Come listen, okay. see if it's even for you. Because there's other there's ancillary ways to help people that are in that that system, if you will, that might not be for you or might be for you. But you at least come and listen and right. start there. If you decide you want to be a part of it, the training pretty much starts right away. It could take up to ten weeks. There's some background screens, etc. And as soon as you're licensed, there's a good chance you're going to have a child. You know in your in your home with you uh through us and so that's been a big uh, area of expansion for us especially from you know boca up to about vero beach and mm. the treasure coast um it, it's a huge need it's the number one uh, system so to speak a way to take kids into licensed care around the whole united states but it needs to be done with quality and, and anyone could quality. do that uh, some background checks I'm yeah sure. there's some things that you have to clear um but we're looking for the the, the greatest people to take these kids right. into their care because like i said earlier every day matters in these kids lives but um the campuses have grown. Uh, we started with one on North Lake Boulevard. We now run four campuses similarly. Mm. Um, we run uh, one of those campuses for aged out foster youth. They have nowhere to go. I mean, mm. some, some of the, the statistics on these kids and their, their degree of homelessness and incarceration and so forth is unbelievable. And, and that's nationally. And so we decided to do something about it. And we have apartments with a lot of oversight uh, live-in residential care within the community, keeping an eye on and keeping kids on track. Mm. And the kids respond well. And attached to that is our Treasures for Hope, you mentioned, which is our social enterprise. It's this idea that nonprofits can own and operate businesses, if you will, that look and breathe mm. more like a for-profit animal. And then the difference is, when there's a net, it goes right into taking care of the kids in the charity. And so, yes, we'll always be out with our handout asking for donations – uh, we'll always be after family foundation grant-making sources, but we're also trying to do some things that are just repetitive in nature and it's just going to be a recurring revenue source. And so that's our first social enterprise on North Lake Boulevard and it's doing great and we even employ our kids from villages. Mm. Which is awesome.
1: It gives them the ability to kind of go see what it's like to make money and, and you know spend that wisely or unwisely or whatever, but to learn, you know, to learn those things, those life skills that I think are so crucial. Yep. I want to take a minute because this is a little bit newer. You, know, you talked about... Um, you know, the the villages and obviously the traditional foster care, which is something that you guys have done well. That was that was kind of an interesting thought when you said about, you know, emptying out the schools, right? And four schools, right? And saying, what would that look like? All these kids need help all of a sudden. And that's kind of what this demand looks like. Um, the Hope House and trafficking and all that, that might be something that might be a little bit newer for people, you know, in general. And, and to, Correct me, I guess, here if I'm wrong, Charles, but from my understanding and doing some research in this, there's something like 27 million girls in the world. Is that, a, is that an accurate number? It probably is, but it's girls and boys, actually. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. all over the world. So, folks, what we're talking about here is 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 kids that are really just trafficked in, in, in slavery, basically. It's modern-day slavery, and it's a big, big problem. And I love the fact that you guys, through Place of Hope, have really you know, not shied away from it and said, well, you know what? We got too many other things going on. We have too many other needs already. There's too many, you know, there, there's, uh, we were at an event. I did a book signing a couple couple days ago and you had mentioned about, I think there's a what, like 15 girls a week that show up or something like that needing
2: help. Is that right? At least for our referral base between anywhere from nine to 15 girls a week, just for one of our programs. we wow. take in victims in multiple programs, but in that one particular program, of tremendous need, we're getting that many that we have to turn away. Wow, that's that's amazing. So,
1: so folks, if you're out there and you're listening to this, obviously you're, you're listening. You are out there. So let's be honest. The reality of it is, here I'm going to challenge you to do this. I'm going to challenge you to go to the web, go to placeofhope I want I want to challenge you to step away from your day to day life, and think about how you can spend some time. Maybe financially you cannot uh, give, but maybe you can volunteer. Maybe financially you can give, and it's not a big deal. Uh, but there's a need, and the need is great, and it's growing. Charles, one last thought that I'd like to ask you, and that is, uh, so they're listening to this out there um, all, over the, all over the country, all over the world, whether they're listening via podcast or on radio, depending on where they are. Somebody wants to get involved with Place of Hope. Let's say they're local, just as an example now. So let's dial it in. So if they're out there and they're not local, you can go online, check out placeofhope.com, and there's ways to get involved, right. probably more financially. You want to pray for the organization, pray for the kids as well. That's a great help. But Charles, now locally in a Palm Beach County area specifically, tell us about some things that people can do to plug in. They're here. They go to placehope.com. Obviously, that's a great resource. But what are maybe uh, one or two great fundraising events that are kind of fun, that don't feel intimidating? You know, a lot of people go to a fundraising event, and it's kind of like, ah, you know, they feel like, I know they're going to – I should just go up there with my, my wallet in my hand or whatever. And, and at the end of the day, yes, that's part of the event, but it's learning about the cause – and then really just all you're doing people is to being obedient to what they feel led to do, right? I mean, that's really the key and, and, and move forward. So
2: what would one or two events that you would recommend people check out? Yeah, I would I would tell you that uh, depending on if you're in the south part of Palm Beach County or on the, the, the northern part, we have a lot of different fundraising raising events. We have to raise probably more than 50 percent of our annual operating support through uh, philanthropy, through people just deciding they want to give and be on the team at Place of Hope. And so we choose to do that through a lot of different fundraising events. But to your point, fun ones. Hmm. We do a clay shooting event around January. We do the typical big dinners where there's a lot of entertainment and fun. And then we have one coming up in Boca in a couple of months. It's on our website. And then we do our hope it's called the hope bash Boca. And then we have a hope bash up on the North end, which is around February, March, um, and so we do We do a big fishing tournament. We just finished our second annual fishing tournament. It's probably one of the largest now in the community in the county. Has raised tremendous operating support for us. And so we try to do things that, you know, that make it fun. Uh, we do a big golf tournament every year. We finished a lot of our uh, events for the year on the north end. Um, and so we're kind of coming around the corner. We got a couple little golf things that you're participating in as well. Um, but yeah, just engaging. It's a great way for people to kind of get a, a snippet of a snapshot of what we do and how and the kind of people that hang around and and help us um but a lot of people just give annually too you know through our Mm. our one life campaign uh, Mm. which matches all gifts that come in dollar for dollar Mm. uh, outside of events uh, family foundations etc and so it's really again back that was the state's goal they said if you want to be in this business and you want to help these kids you need to kind of do your own operating support as well and then they'll give us a piece of that as well and, and bring it all together and do a high quality job I love it. I love it. So, Charles, let
1: me ask you this question. You know, in relation to um, anything that you do in life, right, whether it's being involved in nonprofits, whether it's uh, business, whether it's raising your children, whether it's being married, (laughs) whatever, you know, over the course of time, if you care and and you really kind of put your heart into it, there's some things that you learn. I mean, there's a lot of great benefits that come out, but there's a lot of things that, that you kind of learn in the process. And I know just kind of being in part of and being involved at Place of Hope, being the CEO for all these years now, there's probably taught you a lot of different things. What have you? What are some of the things that have really kind of like, wow, this is I never thought I would have learned this, and and you know, it's really made me a better person and understanding more about X, Y, Z in
2: the process. I mean, as you said, there's there's probably quite a few things, but I can tell you that two of them would be um, that I've learned, been reminded, grown in. Um, that one never forgetting that God provides. Mm -hmm. I mean, he birthed this mission, has called Mm -hmm. us into doing what we do. Um, But that, when I say us, that's everybody. And, and so never forgetting that he's going to provide. Now that doesn't mean we sit back and do nothing and it just falls out of the sky. I don't believe that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there's a, a story after story in the Bible about people had to take action and move and do something before God released it. Mm-hmm. And so I really do believe that, you know, that he is going to provide um, and we got to work hard to make sure that we usher in all the opportunities to do that. And the other big thing is team matters. I mm. mean, probably my the most exciting thing for me to be a part of, and always has been. November will be 18 years from me at Place Vote. Wow! Is building the team, and that team is not just the people that are on my staff, yeah, but also the volunteers and you and in and others who get involved in various different ways. And when I sit back and look at what that team looks like and what it does for these kids and how God uses that, yeah, those are really, I think I might've always known that part, but then seeing <laughs> it especially grow over time, it's just this reminder that God's gonna provide, he's gonna use people to do it. And we have a job to do in that. But uh, don't be fearful. It's it's going to come together as long as we stay on track with what we're supposed to be doing.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I think that's so great. And I love the community that you guys have created in a lot of ways is been phenomenal. But Charles, thanks so much for just taking a few moments and coming on the show and sharing the story. Uh, for those that maybe haven't heard it, maybe it's the first time a Place of Hope. And By the way, first time uh, you're listening, tune in. Go to placeofhope.com. Check out some of the stuff that Charles mentioned about previous Interview and uh, Charles, thanks again for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me here. This awesome is great.
1: Yep. Well, what a great interview, and so glad to have the opportunity and blessed, really, to be able to bring Charles in and share the story of Place of Hope and what they're doing and really changing lives and young people in this country. It's really a beautiful thing. So, to learn more about them, and I encourage you to take a minute and do that, go to placeofhope.com. Again, placeofhope.com. If you missed the first part of the show, the financial motivation, talking about making small changes that keep you on track and make create massive results, as well as some financial tips. And even the first part of our show uh, with Charles, go to leanonthewall.com, learn more about us, and you can also check out info on the show there. But hey, here's to living well, living on purpose, and living with purpose, not only today, tomorrow, but all next week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. And thanks so much. Have a good one.
0: Thanks for listening to the Wealth and Health Radio Show with Michael Wall to schedule your own personal appointment, call 888-511-WALL. That's 888-511-9255. And to find out more about Michael and the Wall Financial Group, head to leanonthewall.com. The information covered today is designed to provide general information on the subjects covered. It is not, however, intended to provide specific legal or tax advice. It cannot be used to avoid tax penalties or to promote, market, or recommend any tax plan or arrangement. You are encouraged to consult your tax attorney or advisor. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurer. Riders may be available at an additional cost. Products and features may vary from state to state. For full details on how life insurance works, including fees, expenses,
1: and costs, contact our office at
0: 888-511-WALL.